You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode number 84. Talk about humanizing your tech with Brandy Bernowski. Brandy is a digital strategist, website developer, and founder of Alchemy Plus AIM and North Star Sites, companies that help entrepreneurs and business owners elevate their online presence and enhance their digital experience. She is an advocate for using technology in ways that humanize, connect, and serve people, as well as for asking deeper philosophical questions and teaching others to think more broadly about impact when they create, particularly in STEAM fields. Brandy's academic background in theater, philosophy, and physics was the perfect foundation for launching Alchemy and AIM, a website strategy and development agency, where her team has worked with thought leaders like Brene Brown, Laverne Cox, Martha Beck, Judy Smith, and Kate Northrup, as well as other notable change makers since 2013. Brandy is a natural connector and business matchmaker who is always working to help others step into their genius work and leverage the experience of those around them to achieve new levels of success and community along the way. Now, look, we all have websites and we've all thought about them a fair amount. But have you ever really, really considered the user experience when your potential clients come to your site? And have you given any thought to how the tech you use, all the different tools you use, how they feel to your clients? Brandy is with us today for a really enlightening and important discussion on how we can be more human with our tech. I know you've probably never thought about this before, so go grab your coffee, grab your tea, and join me as we talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me, your host, Renee Dallow. And this week, we are talking to the fabulous Brandy Bronowski. Brandy, how are you? I am doing well. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here and chatting with you. I am so excited to have you here because one, you're not a wedding industry person. So it's always fun when we get to bring in people from the outside world, outside of our little wedding and creative bubble here. But also this topic, we are going to talk today about leveraging your tech to humanize connections. And the reason I love this for my audience is that a lot of times wedding pros are really allergic (laughs) (laughs) to tech because they think that like weddings are such a personal industry. Like how can we utilize tech? People are going to hate it. Like our clients aren't going to like it. And I have found kind of the opposite. Like I really, I really love tech. I'm kind of a tech nerd. You must be as well. I am. I, and I am to some degree, like really like I love technology used in the right ways, but when I am with people, I do want to be fully present with people. Um, yes. And and sometimes technology like allows us to be that even more. And sometimes it can be a distraction as well. So I think it's just a, a matter of being very self-aware of how we use technology. And when we are distancing with it and when we are allowing to actually connect deeper with it. Right. Because some technology we can actually use to like build a wall around us yes. in a way. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen this, you know, a lot especially with like phones and all the apps on our phones. And I, for a while, um, 
dated a guy who I, I remember being out to dinner with him and we probably, you know, we had a nice little conversation and then suddenly the first text message came in. And I remember like sitting there and being quiet and I didn't pick up my phone at all. Like my phone was away, but I just, I kind of sat there and, and allowed him to do whatever he needed to do with technology, which continued the entire rest of the meal. Oof. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it can be, it can be kind of shielding and, you know, create that wall, but then you can use it for, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many ways you can engage with technology in a way that just allows you to be better connected with people. I mean, and, and in some ways, you know, he was putting a, a wall up with me and connecting with other people in the meantime. So it's just, I think we just have to be aware of that more than anything else. And especially in, in our businesses, we have to be really conscious about where we utilize technology, like to, to facilitate deeper conversations is how I like to think of it. And where we're using it to to really block the connection. Yeah, and I love what you said about having the self-awareness, you know, to even know like what technology serves you and then what maybe takes like depletes you. Like how do you know, basically? Because I think so often, especially coming off of 2020, I feel like we're all a little bit numb <laughs> to like yeah. we're just kind of doing the things. Like everyone says we should be on Instagram. Let's get on Instagram. And we I don't know that we ever look at it and say like does this make me happy? Does this bring me joy or clients or, or whatever? It, it, to some degree, it's trial and error. Like everything in the world is trial and error. When you encounter anything new, you have to, you know, you counter new food. You have to try it to decide if you like it or not. And the same is true of technology as well. So, you know, with, I think particularly with social media, you have to be willing to, to give something a try and then just pay attention to your relationship with it. So, you know, Instagram, for example, like, let's actually take Twitter. So Twitter, for example, Twitter, I, I personally, I don't feel like I'm seeing people's faces. I don't feel like I'm having real conversations because everything's short. So I, for me, every time that I was on Twitter, I always felt like I was missing something and it just felt chaotic around me. And eventually I realized that wasn't a platform for me to be on. It just didn't make sense. I connect better with people visually when I can see something about them and read longer pieces of text for them. I loved blogs for a really long time. I loved Instagram for that reason. But I think you just have to be very aware of like when, how much energy you're putting into it. Is it actually producing a return on investment as well? Are you, know, are you putting in 15 hours a week and getting one client or are you getting 500 clients from it? But it's really just paying attention to your relationship with it and how energized you are after using it or interacting with people on the platform. I love that, how energized you are after using it. Because I listen, I know some folks, some wedding pros especially, who put their, who sort of marry their self-worth to their Instagram follower number, right? They're like, well, I've got to get to 10,000. If I don't get to 10, then I'm a failure. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on, guys. Everybody calm down. Like, it, it, really, doesn't, it really doesn't have to mean that much. But I, I agree with you in that, you know, certain social media or for, you know, if we're talking about social specifically, you know, only serves a very specific part of my life. Like I love Twitter, but I love Twitter because I, that's where I talk to like friends about my Schitt's Creek obsession and talk about funny jokes and talk to friends in DMs. I don't do any wedding, anything on Twitter yeah. ever. It's, or I doom scroll for politics. At least that was in the last administration what I did, but that will change in this one probably. But I don't ever do wedding stuff there. And I say that in the bio on Twitter. I'm like, if you want wedding stuff, go to Instagram, right? So you kind of have to be able to separate some of those things for yourself. 
Yeah, that actually is really essential is, is, you know, be who you need to be in different areas as well. And I know I have like really with my personal Instagram, I've never leveraged that for business. Like that has really been my personal stuff. Like I'm not going to talk about websites or technology or coding really that much on there. I'm really going to talk about like my cats and right. the coolest place <laughs> that I went for dinner. Maybe, you know, when I can go out for dinner again sometime right. soon. Right. Look at this breakfast burrito. I ate. Yeah. Stuff like that. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so what would you say? Because there are some, you know, if we're talking to the people who are like still dragging their feet when it comes to tech, right. Or only letting it in a little bit. What would you say is like, what is the first thing they should do when figuring out like how they should be leveraging tech in their biz? I think it's about identifying where you're losing energy, where technology can be a really easy solution. Like the first thing that always comes to mind for me for so many business owners is when you are going back and forth via email with someone about a time to book an appointment. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. Like scheduling software is glorious, not only for you, you, but like also for the person that you're meeting with so much. Like it is so nice to be able to like click a button and be like, Oh, all this availability. So I know now, you know, maybe Tuesday doesn't work cause I can't do that time, but next Wednesday does. And we don't have to have 15 emails exchanged about it to try to figure that out. I, you know, and, and that again, like that's one of my points of, you know, you're saving yourself from a, a non-significant conversation, like talking about best times really is not going to change either of your lives and utilizing technology for it. I think that it's, for me, it's the same thing about contact forms on the website. Like yes. have a contact form that asks good questions, or if you want to have a very simple contact form, follow it up with some sort of longer questionnaire or something that allows you to gather the information you need about the person you're talking to, like the basic data, like when is their wedding? Where is it located? Those things. So you're not asking those questions on the call and you can focus instead on so much of the, the more nuanced brilliance about whatever you bring to the world. You know, I don't want to talk to people about what pages they need on their website because I can have them pre-list those for me. I really want to focus with people on like, how do they want people to feel? What do they want the experience to be on the website? That's so much more interesting of a conversation. And it allows for us to start building deeper connection and trust from like the first five minutes of the call. Like I don't have to go through all of like the basic details. You have a website already. So I really think looking at some just very simple business solutions, like these are, you know, low cost or free often, um, that just kind of take those like little pieces of conversation that aren't as deep off your plate so that your focus is on the deeper conversations. I agree. And let me just reiterate about the, about scheduler. So I use Calendly for like my whole life. At this point, if someone wants to have a meeting with me and they don't have a, a scheduler. If as soon as I hear read the sentence like, "Well, what's a good time for you next week?" I'm like, "Oh, just send me the link." Like, or I'll just send my link and say, "Hey, here's my link." Like, at this point, like that is so standard business op to me that when someone doesn't have it, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what are they doing? They need to get Calendly or Acuity or whatever one of them." It really has created such an ease. There's no hard feelings. There's no like apologizing for how busy you are or anything. It's, it's completely factual. It's great. I love a calendar link. It's my favorite thing in the world. I'm even scheduling my clubhouse mo moderation rooms through Calendly. If someone's like moderate with me, I'm like, here's the link. That's brilliant. 
That's really, really brilliant. Listen, if it's not on the Google calendar, it's not happening. Yeah. But as far as the um, the contact form, so those longtime listeners of the show know my stance on contact forms, which is keep them, keep them essential, get them through it, right? Because yeah. wedding pros love to have these contact forms that are like seven pages long. Tell me your hopes and dreams. And do you like donuts or lollipops? Nobody cares. Yeah. Get them to the next phase. But Brandy, I, I agree with you. The conversation, the, the conversation post um, contact form needs to be one about building relationship. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not going to want to talk to you like, well, I think my website needs six pages and I think one of them should be photos. Like, no, we can get, we have better things to do with our time on the, on the call. So yeah, there's, I think there's a, you just have to be really smart about what you're utilizing and when, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. And just be on the lookout for new technology on a regular basis. Like Clubhouse is actually a brilliant example of like a great new technology out there that's really allowing people to leverage connections and conversations in a new way. So it's just being aware of these things and playing with them a little bit and, and saying, yeah, I don't, I don't know if this is going to be the one that I stick with forever, but I think it's important just to be kind of like, watch what other people do, watch what other people do in the industry, um, what people are talking about, what they like. You don't have to be technology obsessed, but you know, certainly with Clubhouse, like lately I've seen just like kind of a big, just a big kind of flurry of people, you know, over there announcing that they've got, you know, a room going, got to check it out. Yeah. Um, and it makes me want to get over there and check it out even more. So it's just kind of staying aware and up to date and just looking for those places that, you know, it like in your business again, where those, the, those little inefficiencies or those things that just kind of feel like a time suck, like, can you automate it to make your life more meaningful? Like just to, to have that space of whatever it is. Maybe it's just to be able to go for a walk, but maybe it's just to have those deeper conversations with clients or, you know, zen out of yeah. the spa. I think we, I think we can't really um, like over talk about how much even these little integrations between our tech are helpful. Yeah. Like again, thinking about Calendly, if someone schedules um, a Calendly appointment with me, if they're a client, it automatically schedules a Zoom and then sends them the link. So that is something that I don't even have to do anymore. And that is an integration that my assistant actually found, God bless her, to say like, hey, now no one has to go through this list of appointments and make Zoom links for them. So like, it seems inconsequential, but if you think about it, that is a lot of time saved. That is a lot of time saved. And there are so many phenomenal integrations at this point. Like I was, I'm launching a new business in March and I was doing this last week where I was looking at how um, our e-commerce platform can shoot the right information over to our tech support line so that as soon as someone purchases something, the rest of the team knows it's been purchased and can update that person's profile appropriately. And they can like sort through the information. I'm like, there's no reason that this should have to first go to an email and then that person should forward it to another person who can then update it. Like that's really inefficient. And there's, there are programs like Zapier is one of the great ones that I use yes. all the time that allow so many different integrations between, you know, different technologies out there. And there are a lot that are, you know, particularly for websites that have like extensions so that you can, you know, get a form. Um, and if someone fills out a form on your site, it gets sent to not just your email, but may get sent to a Google spreadsheet as well. So yeah, really, like there are so many kind of different pieces to put into place. And I think it's just recognizing again, like w where, where can that integration save you time? And the, the meeting links is a really phenomenal one. Like no one wants to be rescheduling, you know, a bunch of Zoom links. It's really nice to be able to just have those auto schedule. I have it on 
I've got just a simple little um, extension for my Chrome browser that allows me when I'm creating a, a like a, a meeting on my Google Calendar, I click a button and it auto generates the Zoom link and I love it. I love that. And like, these are things, if you're a solopreneur that you're wasting your time doing, that's not your zone of genius making appointments. But two, if you're paying someone, like I have my virtual assistant, like I don't want to have to pay her to schedule Zoom links. That's silly. She could do many other things with those hours. So for those people who are listening, who are a little tech resistant, or if you think like, oh, that's so complicated, it actually isn't that complicated if you get yourself in the right frame of mind just to be, to be curious about it, to be a scientist about it and not a judge. Right? We talk about that a lot on the show, and it's something that I'm working on in my own coaching with my own life coach is that like, you know, we have to get past this judgment. And I see that a lot, especially when anytime new tech comes out, right, Brandy, it's mm -hmm. like Clubhouse comes out and people are like, I don't like it. It's not, um, it's not accessible to everyone. I'm like, well, it's still in beta. Well, I'm never going to join it. I'm like, really? It's been out for like three weeks. You're really never going to join it. Like, let's take the judgment hat off and instead just be really curious because there are things that can make your life so much better that seems so tiny and like oh wh what difference does it make if i do it or not but it's like yeah over time these things compound you know yeah and i think i think you've hit on like one of the most essential points just generally about business is like there is so much strength and curiosity like i really i i see that as kind of like one of my um best traits is that i've always stayed very curious about just things in general i mean it's why i have you know, multiple majors when I, when I did my degrees, just because I was so curious about the world and I took like a course and then I was like, well, let me keep studying this. And maybe it became a minor or a major. And I think particularly when you're in business, if you can just kind of stay open-minded and treat things like little experiments, say like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try clubhouse for three weeks and see how I like it. And yeah, you know, maybe go away from it for two weeks and see if I miss it. You know, you don't always have to make final decisions. You can come sometimes circle back around to them and just explore the world. I mean, like that's what it's here for. Yeah. So for those listeners who are comfortable with tech and they feel a little more adept and they feel a little more clued in, how do you sort of um, change, not change the conversation, but expand your view to sort of, to sort of use tech to like, not just make these little changes, but make an experience for your clients. Like, how does that work? So it starts really with understanding your clients first and foremost. And this is kind of where you have to, as a business owner, balance what your clients want with sometimes what you're willing to give them. As soon as the client knows that I can, you know, develop a website for them, they're asking me to fix their email you know, can, can they send me their old VCR and can I repair that for them? Because clearly I'm tech enabled and that means I can do all the tech things and it can get a little out of control. So I really think it's about just being very clear about what you have to offer um, and what, what your clients need to actually like feel along the way. And how, how can you utilize technology or design certainly to, in you know, bring those feelings into it. It may be the right photo. It may be, you know, just an, an elegant interface to be able to find information. There's really nothing worse than having to like having information from someone and like not having it sorted nicely or not knowing where to go to get it, like signing a contract, but then you click the link that was supposed to give you the contract and it doesn't work anymore. Like it's really nice just to have those little pieces in place um, and think about how it's being crafted overall. I mean, it may even be that 
the technology you integrate is actually produces physical products that you know people can have in front of them during the process. It, it, it can really look like so many things. I mean, I really think like the simplest is you know just thinking about like okay, what's what's the easiest next step for them, right. and constantly asking that question along the way, and like what's the easiest next step for them, and like how is it how can you make that step even easier for you? And also like, like put yourself in the shoes of your potential client there, because like, I know even for, for wedding clients, right. Cause most of my listeners are wedding pros of some variety. It's like, you know, when we're, we're service based for the most part. So someone comes to your website and like, you want it to be, like you said, this sort of elegant experience where they're not thinking about the website, right. They're just using it, right. They're not thinking yes. this is clunky or like, Oh, this didn't work. Same thing with like your contact form submission. Like Put up a little thank you it was received like even that thing is a tiny piece of mind that like you've got them because what we're getting at here is that like all of these little things just inspire confidence they do they and they build the trust and when you're yes. building confidence and trust that is what's going to eventually get the sale over and over again i mean i think that's why consistency across like website and social media is so important because when you are consistent that says you're trustworthy yes hundred percent, hundred percent. So I also think like for, you know, I know when I was starting say like when I DIY'd my first website, right. I just kind of like bought a template, threw it up. You know, I talk, I've talked about this on many other episodes. Like it was very like gold glitter and fuchsia, like mm -hmm. totally not my jam, but it was what I thought I needed to be right in this, in this wedding world. And I didn't, I remember like not even understanding like the map of the website, like what would be the best way to get people through the content. I was just like, it's up, it's good. And as I worked with real wedding web website developers and, and designers, I was like, oh, there is actually like a magic here about there is a, a sequence of how we like to be led. And this is something that wedding planners do on, on, a, on the end once we get the client right we lead them through the process but yes. there is a, a a very not accepted because that sounds like kind of a lame word for it but like there is a a welcome <laughs> like vibe to how you move someone through before they're even a client and i don't think we spend like any time thinking about that no no and that's i think one of the most essential things we can think about so you know, I always like, you really do have to, a lot of the time that I, I put in with clients is just understanding like who their client is and what information they need. And remembering that not everyone's going to need to move through the material in the same way too. Like you may get someone, you may have a past client who emphatically refers a friend to you and they may actually land on your site and are just, they're already in love with you because of everything that they've heard about you from that, that friend that they're ready just to book that call with you. So you right. have to make it easy for them to take the action. And then for the people who are just discovering you, like, you know, there are multiple paths in, so you really have to map the paths. The people who are just discovering you, they want to be immersed in what you, what you create and what your process is and how you work. Like they want to begin to have the experience of working with you on your website before ever hitting that book a call button. You know, what's funny, Brandy, when you said that, it really made me think about something. And I don't have a real stat on it because I haven't done the metrics, but but offhand, I do know. So um, we have a chat bot on our website that, you know, is like a little thing that pops up on the, on the bottom. It's like, you know, talk to us now. And a lot of my business is referrals from past clients, like a, a really high percentage. Almost every time that it is a referral from someone from a past client, they will use the chat box, not the contact form. Yeah. Yeah, because it's right there. They don't have to go to yeah. another page. So and in, in one case, like, 
And yeah, and in most cases, like, uh, unless I guess like four times it's happened, um, the brides who have come to me have been, they were, they were honor attendants in the wedding that I planned. So like, oh, I was the maid of honor for so-and-so and they're coming into my chat box because it feels more informal because they already yeah. know me and filling out the contact form feels too much for them, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting that you said that, like, they don't need the whole immersive experience. They just want the direct route. So they take it, which thankfully we have it. So I'm a big fan of the chat bot on a website. Do you, how do you feel about that? I like it. I, I like it for many businesses, not necessarily for all. I mean, but like with anything, if you're going to put a chat box on your website, like you make sure you utilize it in the right ways, you know, like make sure it doesn't, you know, the first kind of pop-up that it does doesn't sound like boring and stuffy because you're probably right. not boring and stuffy. You're probably really interesting. And like, you're probably in the wedding business because you've got some heart for, for, you know, love in general. So I think, you know, really kind of like making sure that even when you do integrate that technology, that the language still is reflective of you. And even just, cause it's nice. Like, yeah, maybe it's not as much of an experience as they'd have if they went through all the pages of their site, but that little first message can actually be very telling for them. Yeah, I love that. So this is something I've heard you say, and I want to unpack it a little bit with you. You said digital experience is more important than digital presence. And I love that mostly because it's not something we hear often. It's not something you hear often. It's so, so often when people start businesses, they're just told, oh, just get something up online and, and get it done fast. And I look, I'm totally a proponent for putting yourself out there in the right ways rather than like obsessing about every detail. But I think once you get your business to a certain point, you really do need to look at that experience you're crafting. Like more now than ever, our online selves are like really true extensions of who we are as much as possible. And yes, like, you know, we're going to be more dressed up for a photo shoot for our website than maybe we would be in the day to day of our work, but really being able to say like, how am I bringing my, my soul into this website so that people really are beginning to have a, a solid experience of me and that experience that they have online syncs up with the experience that they have in person as well. So that's, I, I it's just kind of like a, a transformation of thinking. It's not even that it has to be, you know, scratch the website you have and totally redo everything. It can be in the language, it can be in the photos, but it's really just a transformation of thinking and stop, you know, to stop thinking about like, I need to be everywhere and more like where I am needs to be quality. 100%, 100%, I love it. Um, do you ever think that maybe a lot of technology is too much technology? Like when, when, what's the tipping point there? <laughs> I mean, if it, it just, it's, that's also like, that'll be different. A, a company that has, you know, multiple team members is go definitely going to need more technology than if you're a solopreneur. Um, yeah. it's, it's hard to say, like, I think everyone needs a good bookkeeping system, you know, like you don't want to be doing that entirely by spreadsheet for forever. Um, but I would just say, like, if, if it starts to feel too burdensome, like if the things are in too many locations, sometimes you need to pull back. I certainly, there are a lot of things that I do digitally. And then there are things that I actually do analog. Like I have a bullet journal. That is where my yeah. to-do list lives. And yeah. it's very comforting for me to have that like physical place that I write things and check things off. It's a little dopamine hit. Absolutely. But I'm it's the a, same way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's a physical system that works really well. And so I think in business, it's not always about 
making sure the systems are all digital and, you know, utilize the best technology. Sometimes it's about making sure the system works with who you are and that it, it's something that you can really incorporate and move with. Like I certainly at one point um, in my company, we looked at a single software solution, like a single piece of software that was supposed to do all of the things mm-hmm. that multiple pieces of software were doing. And we started to work on it and um, had this company build it. And in the end, it was a disaster because no one, it, it was so tedious to interface with. And like every, like there were so many clicks that you had to go through to get through everything. It actually made more sense for us to have three pieces of technology than one single piece of technology. Well, and that's so, such an interesting lesson to learn really, yeah. because I think, I mean, we hear this constantly in the wedding industry, like wedding planners will constantly say, I just want one thing that does everything. And my answer is there is no such thing. There is no CRM that's going to do everything you need, front end, back end, clients, contracts, payments, floor plans, software. It doesn't exist. And I don't know that it should. Like, I think sometimes it's okay to go with the specialized piece of software or program that works for that one thing. And, you know, and like you said, keep your bullet journal for your to-do list. Like I use the full focus planner. It's very nice to, at the end of the day, go cross things out. How did it feel though, for you and your team to have invested the money and then ultimately be like, oh, maybe not. I mean, it was a little disheartening, obviously. Like when you put, you know, literally five figures worth of an investment into something and it doesn't work out, it's, it's always a hard lesson learned. Yeah. But, um, it, it was also one of those moments when I, when I really realized that like systems only really work if they really work. It's not because they're the fanciest (laughs) or the newest or the most complex, like it's got to actually work for the people who are using it. And that I think is like the lesson of technology over and over again. It's the same thing with, like I said earlier with social media, like if you don't like it, don't be on it. Cause it, it, you know, it really may not work for you. And if you are on you know, Twitter and you hate it, like it's going to show and you're not going to want to be there or not really engage in conversation. So I just think that's kind of like overall truth of technology is like use the things that work really, really well for you. And don't be afraid to have like three, you know, different pieces of software that gets you to the right solution as a business. That's okay. And that's normal. And it is, it's sometimes really fantastic to have those very specialized pieces of software because those are always, they're always iterating on the most pressing problems uh, yeah. that that they're solving, not trying to iterate on like all of the things, which would be even harder. Yeah. And I also think I'd love us to like, just as creative industries, like just normalize taking a risk and normalize trying something like really trying it, not just taking the 30 day trial and logging in once, like normalize exploration of tech so that you can figure out what works because so many times I see, and maybe you see this too, in Facebook groups, instead of doing the trial and the research on your own, people go, how does everyone feel about HoneyBook? And then you get, you try try to crowdsource other people's experiences. It's not going to work that way. Other people's experiences of, of a technology may not reflect appropriately on like how you and your team or you and your clients are going to actually use the technology. Like there are some great alternatives right now to like building community out there, but not every community is apt to use them in the same way. So you can always like crowdsource some basic opinions, but I think in the end it has to come down to being willing to put a little money out and experiment and see if it actually works or not. 
Yeah. And I will say like, it is, it does feel a little scary. I like, I know to be on the precipice of like using a new tech or using a new system and going like, oh man, do I really want to get into all this? But in my experience, and this is me like saying this out loud, because I myself need to hear it. It's always produced a return on investment, whether that's, you know, a lesson learned or actual money earned. Like we are in my business now, we are going down the path of getting all of our courses to be on evergreen, which for those of you who don't know what that means, it just means that they're available all the time as opposed to launching them. And doing that requires a, a substantial tech stack. And when I was reading over it last night, it's stuff that we don't use. And I was like, oh man, why can't we just have the stuff we already use? And I, I got my, I had, I, you know, I got myself in that state of mind where I was like, oh shit, I don't want to, I don't know if we can do this. And it's like, but why can't we, right? Why yeah. can't I you know, explore my own edges of what I'm comfortable with to maybe get a greater gain. And that's, that's really business right there. I think right. you always have like <laughs> right. the whole business and the longer you're in it, the more you realize it is really like, you have to be pushing your edges constantly and not just with technology, but with like how you show up out there and yeah. the events that you go to and the people that you talk to, like, it really is always about kind of pushing those edges and, and being willing to put yourself out there and try something new. Yeah. And like, it's totally that new level, new devil thing, right? So for someone listening, yeah. like exploring Instagram might feel like pushing their edges. And for me, it's like investing in this several thousand dollar tech stack. It's like, there's always going to be a new edge, always. And it's your job to push up against it and, and figure out how you can expand a hundred percent. Otherwise we're all just going to get stuck staying where we've always been. Yeah. And the world changes too fast around you to, to stuff, stay where you are. Amen. Because one day we're all just going to be on Clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> <Clearly>. <laughs> and you're all going to be like, I don't like Clubhouse. I don't want to do it. And we're like, okay, bye. See you. See you when we're done with Clubhouse. Like Periscope a million years ago. Were you around for the Periscope boom of, uh, what was it? 2014 or whatever it yeah, was? Yeah, <laughs> it was my, the early part of my business. So I was still figuring a lot out. I didn't get, I didn't get too deep into Periscope simply because I was like, okay, I like I had just started my business at that point. Yeah. So. There was like a, a summer of Periscope where I was like yep. living for Periscope. And then like everyone stopped using it. I don't know what happened. Like the tide turned and we were all like, no, we're done there. It was very funny. In fact, the, I have an old stack of business cards that have my Periscope handle on them. That's how sure I was that it was going to be around. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And that is, that happens with social media sometimes. Like there are things that kind of pop up and people use them for a while or um, what I find interesting is like when a, a piece of technology pops up, a lot of people use it, but then it somehow like starts to shrink to just one portion of the population, like 18 to 22, you know, like, right. Uh, who who knows why these things happen, but, but they do. And, you know, it's funny as I talk about Periscope and I think like, was it worth it? Right. For everyone listening, going like, but was it worth it? Um, yes, it was worth it. But what I learned from Periscope, even though it is obsolete now was uh, that was the beginning of me being a public speaker. That was the beginning of me being an educator when I didn't even know that I was educating, but all I was doing was talking to other wedding planners about like my emergency kit or like shoes I wear to the wedding, like every day. Cause we, we had a mentor that had a 30 day challenge on Periscope. So all these wedding planners went into the Periscope and we were all just like educating one another, like casually. If I had never done though that summer on Periscope, I wouldn't be on this podcast right now. So if you're thinking about any new tech and you're like, I don't know if it's worth it. It's going to be gone in a day. It doesn't matter because what you personally can gain from it can actually change your business. You just don't know it yet. And that's perfectly put. Yeah. You just, you really don't know the impact that just taking the chance is going to have. It's all about taking the chance. It's all about just, again, like 
going back to it, like just being curious, like you said, how can people or where should people ask for help when it comes to creating this tech experience? Like, should we be going to the internet and Googling like what, what, who to listen to in, in this space? Yeah. I mean, I think they're paying attention to, there's some great graphic designers out there who are having these conversations, um, though they're having it a little bit more on the design side of things. I, you know, I really think that there's very few people who are really diving into the conversation. Um, if you are thinking of experience in general, one of my favorite books just about crafting language that kind of connects with your clients is Building a Story Brand by Don Miller. Yes, um, we love that book here. It's, it's what it's, I just love, I read, I adore it. I adore it so much. I became a, a certified like story brand guide because I love that. it's just so brilliant. Um, and it allows me even as like a website strategist to be able to look at not just like the technology with my clients, but like how, how are we languaging to get them to do the things we want them to do? Yes. So at least that's like, that's a phenomenal start. Um, Don Miller also has, um, courses online now as well, which are really incredible. I mean, certainly everyone on the podcast can feel free to, to reach out to me and have a conversation. I'm always happy to point people in directions, even if I'm not the right person to, to do that with them. Like it's really just about, I, I think watching even what other people in your industry, but outside of your industry are doing too. Like don't feel you need to be confined with what the people in your industry are doing. Sometimes the most interesting ideas come from other places. Yes, because just, everyone's using like the same five people and everyone starts looking the same then. Yeah. And I, I, so I think it's it's fun to to say like, okay, like, hey, I went on, you know, Netflix's site and this is how they're they're showcasing information. Is this maybe a good idea? And uh, you know, how how would I maybe apply it? It's out out of the box thinking. But I think that's a really important exercise to do regularly of just like I saw this thing here. No one's using yeah. it in my industry. Could I? Like, th would that even, how might that work? I'm just, yeah. again. Inspiration is everywhere. Yep. How can people find you on the internet, Brandy? Where are you? Easiest place to go is to my website, alchemyandaim.com. In this case, you do fill out the contact form and I get back to you. <laughs> um, but you can also find me on Instagram at Brandy Bernoski um, or at alchemyandaim there too. Love it. I will put all of that into the show notes as well as a link to building a story brand. And that gave me an idea that maybe we should do a building a story brand book club. Like maybe we should all read this together. Listeners come into Instagram and let me know if you like that idea. Cause now I'm really hot on that idea because <laughs> I could read, I could stand to read it again. And if those of you listening don't know what we're talking about, then maybe it's time we read this book together. Cause I think there's so much in there again, bringing in ideas that are not specifically for the wedding industry is going to make our industry stronger. Like talking to Brandy, like listening and hearing and reading Donald Miller. Like these are people who have tremendous resources and experiences outside of our little bubble, which is what we need more of. So Brandy, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. And for my lovely listeners, you know what I'm going to say. We are on a mission to get 100 podcast reviews. Why? Because Apple Podcasts wants us to have them. I know they're tough, but we are too. If you listen to the podcast every week and you like what you listen to, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five-star review and some sentences because Apple Podcasts really wants the words and you know I do too. So friends, we will see you next week, same time, same place. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram.